the Yankee Clippers, and we are back with another podcast. Um, this one might be a little bit quicker because we did just put one up. So what's up, Sean? What's going on, Tom? How are we doing today? I'm good. I'm good. It's a beautiful Sunday. This is right before the brackets come out, so we don't really know exactly who's in and who's out yet, but we do know a couple automatic bids. Uh, conference tournaments just finished up. So let's see. What, what do you think about them so far? Who are, who are the winners? Let's recap. Yeah, so let's go... Uh Let's go conference by conference. So Virginia took the uh, ACC. Kyle Guy, best player, whatever MVP, I guess you would call it. Villanova captured uh, captured the Big East title at the great, Garden. Great Xavier prediction, by the way. Good <laughs> Thanks. Job. Yeah, no, Providence. Uh, <laughs> Providence knocked off Xavier in the semis on uh, Friday night. So Kansas won another uh, Big Twelve championship. Mm-hmm. Um, today we saw Kentucky take down Tennessee in a great game for the SEC and a little upset in the A-10 in D.C. Uh, Rhode Island went down. Yeah, to, I saw that. Yeah. I mean, they're obviously still going to be in, but Dayton's in now. Who? Davidson. Uh, sorry, Davidson, yeah. I mean, they're a team. I mean, the last time I remember them was from uh, when Steph Curry was on the team. Yeah, he I made, don't think they're going to be as good as that team, but you know, they could – I don't know what seed they're going to be. They're probably going to be like a 14, 15, something along seed. those lines. I'm sure. Yeah. You know, they might they might push a team. They're not going to win, but they might push a team, make the game interesting. Absolutely. I tell you what, though, the conference tournaments—they're always so fun. They're always exciting. You're getting great games in the semifinals and the finals, and uh, really sets the tone for the the big dance, which starts on Thursday. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the playing games are a little bit earlier, but the real the real tournament that we've seen for years actually starts Thursday. Hopefully before the uh, the playing games when the bracket's actually out, me and you could do like a 10-minute blip about just what we think of the bracket and who we who really stands out to us. I said I liked Michigan. I'm sure you're still in on Xavier. They're probably going to be like, a 1-2 seed. I like Xavier. They're so. projected as a number one still even after their loss. I mean, they're a very talented team top to bottom. And, you know, yeah. Providence is a very well-coached team. And I don't think Trayvon, the blue guy, gets enough love, honestly, because – I mean, they're saying one of the players on Villanova is going to win, um, and I don't even think he's the best player on the team. I forgot his name, but they're, you know, it's not Bridges. It's the other guy on the team, um, and I don't even think that he's the best player on the team, and he's getting a lot of recognition. I mean, Trey Young's still got the best raw numbers. you know. What's really interesting is everybody, after the conference realignments, after the 2013 season, everybody was wondering how – How's the new Big East going to look? And they're probably going to put like out. I said earlier, they're, but they're yeah. going to put out two number one seeds. Yeah, I mean, I that's mean something. and they've also won a national championship in the last, since the since the reconfiguration. Granted, it was one of the older teams that did win the national championship, but nonetheless, they're still you know a power conference. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, so we're working, we're looking forward to that, and uh, definitely put out a ten minute preview for sure leading up into Thursday. Rick Patino figured out a way to keep his name in the headlines even during March when he doesn't have a team to coach, which is hilarious I as know. usual. I'm hearing uh, University of Georgia is where he's going to end up. They're calling him Johnny Come Lately instead of Johnny Come Quickly <laughs> last <time>. 15 <laughs> seconds, but you know that joke's been made a million times. And it's always good. Um, so yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll hopefully we do a little something right before we can preview the brackets. Just a 10 minute thing over the phone. But, um, yeah, we want to talk about some Major League Baseball uh, free agency, or you want to keep talking about the No, let's, let's segue into some Major League Baseball. Because something actually happened. Something actually happened more than just uh, spring training games. So, obviously, it's been well documented this winter that uh, the free agent market was ice cold. Uh, the hot stove was anything but. 
and um, some of the high-profile names are finally starting to sign, but not in any way, shape, or form what they thought they Five were Five years get. ago, Mike Moustakis would have signed a 10-year, a 7-year, like, $200 million deal, and nobody would have batted an eye. It would no have just doubt. been another, another player with a big contract that they regretted after three years. What's amazing now, and I think I, this offseason is really going to start a trend, I believe, that... You know, Scott Boris in particular has always prided himself on being able to bait that one desperate owner, yep, one desperate yep. general manager, and they don't exist anymore in a in all of these heavily driven analytic uh, front offices. Is these these teams are not going to sign or overpay for a guy that they don't believe is worth the value? Absolutely, and you see that with the with the Cubs and the Houston Astros of the past. I mean. It's like tanking is is better than than going out and spending a, a billion dollars and having the best payroll or the biggest payroll. Now it's just like, all right, we're gonna suck for a few years, but then we're gonna get the best farm system. All these we're gonna have great young players, and we're gonna be able to trade for that guy and get him a little bit cheaper than going and spending money on the open market, no throwing doubt. money at a player that you know is already a little bit past his prime. And what's interesting too is these are all very good players. I mean, Lance Lynn, uh, who was thought to be one of the top four free agent starting pitchers on the market. You know, he signed a one-year deal yesterday with the Twins for $12 million. The fact that that's the best that he had out there is incredible because I think he, he could really make a difference for that team. You know, he's not he's not a top-end one, number one ace starter, but he's a he's a two- or a three-starter that he can eat up innings, and he, he knows how to pitch in Major League Baseball, and Absolutely. he's going to make an impact for that team for nothing. It's, uh, you know, $12 million deal for a pitcher is like, Crazy. Right now, the rumor is that the Phillies are the favorites for Arietta. He'll get a little bit bigger of a deal, obviously, because he's next year's free agency is going to be the real interesting one because you have your faces of the game that Harper, are becoming Harper free agents. Harper and Machado, I, I still think because they're Don't so young. Donaldson. I'm not even including Donaldson, honestly, because he's a little bit older and he's got some more miles on him. But Harper and Machado, I think, are still going to get eight-year-plus deals, maybe even ten, just because they are generational talents. Like You're not going to see another play, two players like that come along. But besides that, I think that this year really set the precedent where it's like the Cubs and the Astros have shown that you can rebuild rather quickly if you tank and and if you go from within and build a franchise as opposed to going out and buying one right and the tough thing I say that as a Yankees fan of course and the and it really even the Yankees this year were doing business in the off season like a small market team yeah, they they've been saying 3 that, years ago they would have said fuck that thing we're going to go and get Mustakas and he's going to hit eighth for us they whatever wanted, they want to stay under that luxury tax and all the money that they still have they're going to allocate to taking on a big contract in July as a part of the trade deadline to make their push i mean they're pretty Set. This is a team that did just take on Giancarlo Stanton's entire. Yeah, no, but that was a savvy move. Of course it was. Of course it was. Well, they looked at the situation where Giancarlo Stanton was basically, even though he was a trade situation, he was running that whole situation as if he were a free agent because he, you know, vetoed trades the Giants and the Cardinals, where the Marlins eventually knew they had to trade him, and the only team that would absorb that contract that he'd agree to go to was going to be the Yankees. Yep. So I think it's really going to be That's like an NBA guy with like a no-trade clause, essentially. It's like the same thing. Yep, and going forward with these free agents is 
unless you have your generational players like next year, which might be the exception, has was this the start yeah. of a new trend of free agency? In and baseball? I, I still think that trend is going. Like I said, I still think that trend is going to continue next year. I just think two players are going to be the exception in Machado and Harper. I still think because they're so young and they're so great, they're gonna they're gonna be the ones that are the outliers. But guys like Mustakis, who are really good players that are going to hit thirty plus home runs. He's still not a transcendent talent. We're not going to look back and be telling our grandchildren about Mike Moustakis. That doesn't mean he's not a good player, but he's he fits into that category of this is how baseball is now. He signed a one-year deal, right? Oh, no, two years. One year. Me. One year, eight one million. Year, a one-year with a mutual option for the second right. year, right? And like I said, it just baffles me that five years ago that some team would have thrown him $100-plus million. It's just the new era of free agent baseball, and honestly, if I can look back at any of the at any of the old off seasons, even going back, like you said, five years. I mean, Jacoby Ellsbury is not getting seven years, at 122 million. No, a- Oakland signs now. him to a one year deal right now for for 15 million dollars. You know, just like Luke Roy, whatever he got, he's the same. He's in the same boat. For sure. The Yankees would not have signed him if you just put him now. And that was a time where Cashman was desperate because he knew he was losing Robinson Cano, and that was the same offseason where they overpaid for Beltron and McCann as well. And now you have the Yankees who are a powerhouse again, but because of their own players for the most part. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it is really interesting times in baseball right now because they're being run like much more savvy organizations. The, the other thing, too, not to cut you off, but there's there's no incentive to, to win now because, as you mentioned before, with teams like the Cubs and the Astros, they can tank, do whatever they have to do, have the owners tell their fan base that, hey, trust us, we're going to... Trust the process? Do, trust the process. <laughs> as made famous by the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, Still trusting. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but saying that, you know, we're going to build up our farm system, we're going to get draft picks, we're not going to sign any free agents that have a draft pick attached to them, and it might take four or five years of being a horrible team, but it's obviously paying dividends, and you have teams like the Rays and the Marlins and the Pirates who are not going to spend money and if they do, they're going to sign a guy, one of their own guys, to a contract extension, or they're going to trade their own expensive players yeah. for assets. Well, it's going to be like, it's, the perfect example is there's not going to be any more 2009 Yankees where the team misses the playoffs the year before, then spends an incredible amount of money to go and um, basically buy a World Series and then turns around and isn't a playoff team in, in a couple of years and doesn't win anything else. Now it's like, you know, the Cubs are in it every single year. The Astros are going to continue to get better because they're so young every single year. And they would rather tell their fans, just wait, just wait. We're going to be good for 10 years instead of really good for one year, which is a crapshoot every year. They, it's whoever's hot wins the World Series. You know, they'd rather be good for 10 years and have those young guys. I will say this, though, and I agree with you, but once they're good then they are spending that money. If you look at the Astros, they took on McCann's contract, at least a good part of it. They they took on Verlanders. um, But the other thing you have to take into account is now teams are locking these guys up. 
because because of the fact that the scouting is so much better and the analytics is so much better, the Cardinals just locked up a guy to a five-year deal, their shortstop, who played half a season to a five-year, $24 million deal, which looks crazy now because we don't know. But then again, in five years, when he's the best shortstop in baseball, it's going to look like a genius move, and of they course. didn't even spend that much money. And that's what teams are going to start doing now is their big – their big quote-unquote free agent signings are going to be their own guys that they're going to look at and say, you're worth investing in for seven years before you even have the opportunity to hit the open market. I know the Nationals tried to do that with Harper, but they should have tried harder, honestly. Yeah, I think Harper Harper has said and has been documented on several occasions where he does value staying on one team, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think his chance to sign was already come and gone, and he's he's going to be bound for somewhere else. Absolutely, I'm interested. I'm I'm curious as to why he signed that that what was it one year deal last year? Yep. I'm curious. I'm I'm wondering. Maybe he thinks the market's going to be better next year. Maybe the team that he wants to go to is going to have more cap room. Yankees, Cubs. But. And that's the thing, because there is we we're using the word cap in baseball, which has never been the case. But yeah. There's this luxury tax that teams want to stay under because they know they can reset and then go crazy and project to that next free agent class that's yeah. that's the top. And one it's weird because there's no crazy owner that just says fuck the cap anymore. No. You know, there's no. Listen, if the, Steinbrenners, <laughs> if the Steinbrenners are saying we're staying under a luxury tax, yeah, then, then you know is. that Absolutely. all the other teams are too. So, yeah. and that's why people give Jeter such a hard time. And it's like this is the way the league is run now. Not only that, but Jeter didn't sign any of those guys to the contracts that they were of getting, course. and he had nothing to do with the poor farm system of the Marlins. I mean, the worst thing that you could be is a bad team with no farm system. Yeah. So when you look at the Mets. You know how they can't make trades because they don't have anybody who's not a major league player that has any kind of value. The Marlins had to get what they could from the Yankees, which were some nice prospects and Starlin Castro, but that was the best they could get because yeah, because they weren't. It's like, oh well, how are you going to get fans to go to the game? Have you ever watched the Marlins game before? Do you see anyone sitting in those stands? No. They give those tickets away for free. It's like, oh, you know, here's a free ticket. Go buy some beer. And the funny thing too is, in, what, what did Jeter do wrong? Well, Not that I'm trying to be a Yankee boy again and defend my guy, no, but, but there he's getting he's getting a lot of crap thrown at him because of the of the players that he's traded and the gutting of the of the franchise. And in five years, if there's or you know seven years, if they're still trash, give him a hard time, but just right. give the guy a chance. Well, I mean, because he's trying to run it like a new age organization, like everybody Jim, else. When Jim Crane bought the Astros, they were still in the National League. They were a bottom dweller, terrible team. And he said, "We're going to be bad again, but we're moving to the AL. We're going to continue to be bad, but we're going to we're going to build up our farm yep. system. We're going to trade everybody that has value other than Altuve, and he's turned them into a powerhouse. Where now they're adding and being able to sign their own guys too. You know what I got to say about the Astros? Verlander looks like a new man. Verlander, he is nasty. He is. He, MLB Network had him as ranked as a top ten pitcher again. Like I." Maybe he went to Germany and did, like, some Kobe fucking steroids over there. I don't know what he did, but he looks like a new man. He looks great. I agree. I do think, though, that a lot of it has to do with the fact he's on a team, again, that he knows is going to have a chance to win. And he was a hired gun last year. He knew it. The Astros knew it. Yep. And he pitched like it. It was a lot like how David Price pitched when he went from the Tigers to the Blue Jays for that half a season. And Every every game was a must win, and you know you got to understand for these guys who have been through the playoffs, they've been they've won, they've been top position players. That 
losing is really it's very detrimental to their performance because they know whether whether they're pitching gems, they're going to lose, and those teams are not going to be any good. So he goes to a team like the Astros who gave up their prospects and, and paid that money to get him over there. He said, this is my chance to win another World Series, and... He jumped at it, and he's another. That was his first, though. It was his he first, went, but he's he went been. Before, yeah. yeah, he's he's been to he's been to another one, but yeah, this is some that was an opportunity for him to really cement his legacy as an all time pitcher, and now he can just continue to do that on a rotation that's stacked. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they've got him. They got McCullers. They got Keuchel. They're going to be. It's going to be Derek tough. Cole came in. Yeah, no, it's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough to uh, compete with them, but and we're looking forward to. You know, getting close to the season, we got a couple weeks. We'll do our full I previews. One hot take for you, though. I was watching the Mets today. I don't, I don't think they're going to be as bad, barring health, which obviously I'm the type of guy. Perfect world, nobody ever gets hurt. I don't think they're going to be as bad as everybody says. I don't either. I, I think they, they have a really good. If if their pitchers can stay healthy, with Matt Harvey as a number four starter, if he can come back to any any semblance of form that he was, and Jason Vargas as their five starter. Their offense is not that bad. They still have Jay Bruce. They got him back. They have Cespedes. They have a good shortstop now. I think that their team's going to be a gun. I feel like Gonzalez, even though I don't know if he's going to win the job out of camp, he's somehow going to make – he's going to find a way to hit 14 home runs and hit 280 this year. And, and Todd Frazier is going to give you that power. Yeah, and he's a glove at third base. He's going to play every single game. I don't think the – don't get me wrong. I don't think the Mets are a playoff contender. Maybe they're competing for that second wild card spot, but I don't think they're going to be as awful as everybody is saying. No, and you you hit the nail on the head. It, it's it's simply about health for them because if they do find a way to sneak into the playoffs, even as a wild card team, the Mets are like the Sixers, and it's just like, are there doctors? Do they where did they go? Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Everybody on their team is hurt all the time. And be, well, the other thing too is they let the inmates run the asylum. Those guys can do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. There's no dictated off-season program for them. Syndergaard shows up with 25 extra pounds of muscle as a pitcher because he said he wanted to. There was nobody well, in that the front. From they're, the, they're, they're that starts of from them. the top down, and there's nothing you can do about but that unless you sell the team. It's the same thing with the Knicks. It's the same thing with all those badly run teams is that shit starts from the top. Yep. James Nolan would rather play in his shitty jazz band than actually put the right people in the right places. Of course. And, you know, we're looking forward to, you know, right before the season, we're going to go more into previewing every division and what we think is going to happen during the regular season. Absolutely, but to but talk about free agents, I mean, I, I, I don't know how that isn't just a huge point of interest for any baseball fan and really just sports fan to see how the market truly just collapsed well, yeah, this it, year. When you were a kid, it was like you wanted to be, not that any of us were had the aspirations, realistic aspirations to be professional athletes, but it's like, I want to play baseball because they may, they have the longest careers and they by far make the most amount of money. You know, there's baseball players that have made like, you know, close to 250, 300 million dollars, like A Rod, because he played so long and the contracts were so crazy, as opposed to an NFL running back at the same caliber of A Rod, skill wise for his sport, only made 12 million dollars because he only played five years and he was just a blip on the radar. And, um, but now it's like you see these players getting one year deals and it's like it, it looks like an NFL contract. A lot of what it is, and that's a really good analogy. The other thing, too, is these teams don't want to make the long-term investments because even if they have to overpay for three or four years, they will do that. 
What they don't want to do is they don't want to commit a guy who's over who's over 28 years old to more than a seven-year deal. And even those seven-year deals are really few and far between now. They'll give you four. They'll give you any amount of money you want. Yep. You're not getting seven-year deals They don't want to tie anymore. up that, that cap for too long. Or Well, it's not even a cap, but you know what I mean, that well, luxury Well, they don't want to have to play. They don't want to have to justify playing a guy who is well past their prime just simply because of the money that they're making. And yep, that and, yep. and I don't care what any organization says, you know, CC's reinvented himself and become a really good pitcher under his new philosophy of pitching and but let's be honest, if the Yankees weren't paying him twenty million dollars a year, two thousand thirteen, right two thousand fourteen, two thousand fifteen, he would never he wouldn't still be pitching. They had to keep running him out there because of the money he was making and the investment that he's they lucky gave him. because he earned this contract now. Exactly. He, I mean, he. I guess it's lucky for CeCe, but it'll never ha- something like that will not happen again. No. Even with the Yankees. Nope. You know, he's lucky that he did get that chance because he figured it out. But at but the that's beginning, where it those, was tough. That's where those teams will say to a guy who's 31 and in technically their prime, and say, "Listen, we'll give you three years up until you're 34, where we still think you're going to be a highly productive player." But we're not giving you past that. And if you can get another good deal on the open market, we'll be open to resigning you then. But those seven-year deals, those 10-year deals for a guy other than a Harper or Machado who are going to be 26 in their free agent year are not happening anymore. And Scott Boris and those power agents are going to have to completely redo how they brand and market their players because those little individual books that they would have for them saying why you should sign this player, they're all biased. And the thing now is all these teams, they have their own books loaded with stats about every single player yep. and why they shouldn't sign them to Absolutely. those kind of deals. All right, well, enough about baseball because, I mean, it doesn't really matter right now. Russell Russell Wilson's playing in games right now. So, I mean, let's talk about some more important things. Like, uh, there was... There was a couple big deals in the NFL. Let's want to want to recap them. Sure, uh, Cleveland looks like they really actually want to win now. I mean, they made some big time moves. We'll see. We'll see, of course. And obviously, the draft is seven weeks away. But they got themselves it completely a, changes a, everything when you're talking about the draft. Though they may still go after a quarterback, but they're not going to. I don't think they're going to do a number one now. Well, they might, but they look at it this way: is they have a place holding quarterback who is Tyrod Taylor, who's going to come in and he's going to play well enough to win. You know that he's going to play well enough to win, at least with a supporting cast. You now have Josh Gordon, who proved that as long as he can stay off of shit, that yeah. he can play on the field. I mean, he's still, very he's still an level. incredible athlete. It's just and a matter of if he can stay. is going to be paired yeah. with him on the other side. I mean, could you imagine... I would like to be the quarterback for the Browns. I can't believe I'm saying this. If your offense was Jarvis Landry, Josh Gordon, and because Jarvis Landry's a guy who's going to go to the middle of the field, he's a slot receiver, and then you got Josh Gordon, who's the best athlete on the field. He's going to take the top off the defense, so you're going to be able to go deep. And then if you're handing the ball off to Shaquan Barkley, and they have a halfway decent offensive line. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, and their defense is getting better, too. They traded for some defensive players as well, didn't they? They did. They got um, the cornerback from Green Bay. Yeah, absolutely. And Randall. I mean, they have Miles Garrett, who by all means is a freak of nature. You know, people are already comparing him to Von Miller and whatnot. So, I mean, that team is it's looking like a team. And DP, uh, DPS, I don't think there'll uh, be any more talk of can Alabama beat the Browns. No, I, no. Don't, I don't think so. And Deep Podesta, who lost his job um, to Sashi Brown, but the GM who was the GM of the Browns for the last few years, the baseball guy out of the Mets organization, all he did was stockpile picks. And those picks are starting to really become 
apparent now because they're using them as equity to go out and make certain moves. Yep. And they're going to have so many opportunities to to load up that team with a lot of different areas of need. Yeah. I mean, they did trade one of their, I think it was one of their offensive linemen to the Patriots for a second or a third rounder, but they'll figure that out. The Patriots needed some offensive line help. That's, yeah, that's absolutely for sure. Solder doesn't come back. Yeah. But I mean, those trades make it a lot more interesting, not just for the Browns, but just for the draft in general, because I'd love to see some of the mock draft 4.0 or whatever that bullshit is, because I think it's going to look a little bit different. I think the Jets are going to have a chance to get a really good quarterback because of this if they want one and if they like one. But, you know, what I'm really excited for is to see how things unfold next week because it's one of my favorite weeks because it's NFL free agency and the tournament starts. It's going to be really fun. Oh, it's phenomenal. What do you think happens this week in NFL free agency? Well, Kirk Cousins is going to sign. All indications right now point to the Vikings. I, I think that that's a very good process. As hard as Von Miller's trying to recruit him? Uh, yeah, I, I think the the problem that you have with the Broncos is even though that defense is ready now, it's not gonna it's gonna take a decline real fast. It, they've been elite for a while, and you can only yeah. stay elite for a while. They already, Ask traded, the they already traded away um, to leave. Yep. Or they, did they release him? I or trade they him traded him. him. Who did they trade him to? Um, uh, mind blank right now. I can't under, I can't remember where they traded him to, but they dumped him off just to get rid of that salary. Yeah, it's six point five million dollars of saving or something like that. But whatever, that's besides the point. Their defense is it's on the back nine to say the least. I mean, they won the Super Bowl and what? Not going to pay anything for him. The guys played one down of football in the past two years or whatever, a few downs, and I think he could be a guy that could challenge for a starter spot. I hope they re-sign McCown and they get a young guy in there. They have plenty of cap space if Cousins goes to the Vikings that they can sign a guy like Allen Robinson. They can get a couple running backs in there, have an RB by committee, or they could draft one of those guys. Like we said last week, you don't have to pick up a guy in the first round to have a good running back. Here's how the Jets have to look at this, especially if we play out the scenario that uh, that Cousins goes to Minnesota. The Jets have the opportunity to get a better place-holding quarterback than Josh McCown, whether it's Keenum or Bridgewater or maybe even Sam Bradford. I know oh, he's God, always Jesus hurt. Christ. I know he's always hurt. But if you look at a guy, you know who's what's going to happen with build... Sam Bradford? He's going to oh, he's going to ask for a billion dollars. He's not going to get that anyway. I hope not, because if he does, you're going to hear me on here. I you might not actually not hear me because I might end, I might end it myself after that. Okay, <laughs> because that is absolutely that be just so typical Jets too. To overpay him? To, to say we yeah. need Sam Bradford because we have money to spend and he has to be our guy and then he, he walks out on the field and stubs his toe and is out for eight weeks. Yeah, well, let's hope that doesn't happen. But if I'm, as I was saying, looking at the Jets, it, they're going to sign one of these placeholding quarterbacks to a short-term deal and then hopefully you pick your next franchise quarterback at six or you move up to get one. Yeah, I don't mind them moving up as long as you don't trade every draft pick you have. Because at least then you have a cemented, ready NFL starting, capable NFL ready starting quarterback and to segue you into the era of what you hope is going to be finally your franchise quarterback. Well, they haven't had since... Joe Namath. 
Yes. It's been quite some time. I don't know. I mean, Mark Sanchez is pretty All good. All right. <laughs> All right. So uh, is there anything else you want to talk about or you want to wrap this up? I think we can wrap this up. It's going to be a really fun week, as Tom said. We're really looking forward to following all the key NFL free agent moves. The tournament tips off on Thursday. The yes, brackets are going to be excited. announced soon. MLB spring training is still going on. A couple names still on the big board for free agents. We'll see if any of them sign prior to our next podcast. Um, but, yeah, I think we can wrap this up and, and look forward to talking again soon. Absolutely. So, yeah, like I said, we may do like a 10-minute blip just to talk about the brackets that finally come out um, later today. And, uh, yeah, I'm really excited for the next week. It's one of the best weeks in sports. So uh, thank you. Thank you. For-